Some films are mediocre Some films aren't good or bad Some films won't win an Oscar Globe, BAFTA, or a SAG You like those flicks? Come get your fix In a podcast called Mixed Bag Kia ora! Welcome to Lixed Bag, where we review the Lixed, Laddled, Lit, and Lediocre movies of film history. I'm Lat. I'm Lissandra. And I'm Limes. Clearly <laughs> 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 sitting James up for a full day. Yeah. Hey, I'll take it. Um, um, hi, hello. Hi, everybody. Uh, well, what time is this? When is this podcast coming out? We are pre-recording, which is something we do not normally do. So this is coming out in between Christmas and New Year's. Oh. Yeah, so this is our last... Enjoy the time in the slow week. What a yeah. great week of the year that is. I know. Yeah. This is our last um, pod for the year. Mm-hmm. It's coming out on the 28th. Nice. Well, so, I hope you all had a lovely Christmas. Yeah. And Boxing Day. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget. And Most Happy important. 27th, obviously. Yeah. Yep. Oh, <laughs> the, 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 the real runt of the litter. <laughs> That's my brother's birthday. So oh, sure. it's, oh, happy it's, birthday to Matt's you. brother. Yeah. 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 My co-worker's birthday is the 24th. Um, okay, who cares? Well, I, I think, like, it's pretty rough around having I had a friend yeah. in, a when, I was a, when I was in primary school um, who was born on the 24th whose name was Christina. Which clearly, like, uh, was, that was that a choice? Yeah. Like, that they were like, oh, Christmas, Christina. At least it wasn't Mary. Like, yeah. <laughs> at least it wasn't Jesus with that inflection. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I don't know about the other two, but this is going to be a pretty loose episode for me because I have had a wild day of beverages, of slight sickness it's not covid we've got it checked and um <laughs> and a big old Good headache so um um you well, might be she's some... right here james is... oh wow <laughs> <laughs> the old ball and chain there might be some not exactly hot takes there might be uh sludgy takes uh from <laughs> me <That's> <laughs> i mean takes come in all forms all and sizes, and sizes. Yes. Well, let's move on ahead. As we are moving on ahead from 2020 into 2021, all Hurrah. blinded and hopeful of the fact that uh, that it's going to be different. But in reality, I think maybe like 2020s just set the benchmark for like how terrible how it's going to be. How bad a year be. can be. And it's just like, well, it's going to be more of the same. I worry. I'm a pessimist though. Mm. So let's try and make it as best as we possibly can be. I had New Year's in a couple of days. Cool. <laughs> Radio intro. Okay. Cool. All um, right. So what's been going on in the world of pop culture for you two, lads? Pop, 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 pop corner. Well, last week, after we recorded the pod, we actually um, watched a film. Oh, yes. Uh. As a group, uh, including <laughs> guest last week, Lucas. <laughs> and uh, reader, don't. Just yes. don't. Uh, but what did we see? So we treated ourselves to a little Netflix production called The Prom, uh, which uh, featured pod favorite Meryl Streep. Oh, pod uh, legend. Pod legend. Yeah. Um, little and, known actress. Yeah. Finally getting a big break. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and is adapted from the Broadway show of recent years. I think it was a 20, mm. uh, 2018? 2018, 2018 show. Yeah. Um, uh, by the notorious Ryan Murphy. Uh, mm. and didn't make the musical made the move. He yes, adapted it. Mm. Uh it was bad. 
God, it, was, it, was, it was bad. Oh my god! I think um, it's good to point out that Meryl was not. Meryl, Meryl was pretty good. Meryl, Meryl good. was pretty good. Her, um, Meryl good. Um, James bad. James Corden. Yeah, I had a bad night. An, an I was, awful I was, role uh, for him. Yeah. So like filling out the cast. Yeah, James Nicole. Corden. Nicole why? Kidman. Why? Underused. Uh, Keegan Michael Key is in there. Yeah, it was um, actually pretty good. good. Like Andrew Reynolds has is. Has a terrible song. With the worst song, um, which is Love Thy Neighbor. Yeah, I feel like we haven't lingered enough on James Corden's incredibly <laughs> no, offensive so performance yeah, in a yeah, sort of like bundle of gay stereotypes packaged into one performance. Which yeah, and I, I feel like the, the role itself, depending on who plays it, could be okay. It's a bundle of gay stereotypes. I think you but... could play it with more nuance and yeah. more like specificity. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like he played it just like, oh, how about I do the flippy wrists thing to show that I'm a gay? Yeah, it's so around. Like the whole, like that character is kind of the heart of it's the show. It's supposed to be the heart of the show. And I feel yeah. like it's one of the big reasons why the film did not work because we were just literally at one point, we went on to 1.5 speed so we could get through a James Corden yeah, scene. To me, it's emotional. just like, he's not fun enough in the role. Like no. he's trying to be fun, but also he takes the serious scenes way too seriously. He's very much like, oh, my close up, Mr. DeMille. It's I am like, ready. Look, I am ge- going to be accepting my Oscar next Thank you year. Very much. I have to nail the scene. <laughs> Meanwhile, you are acting opposite Tracy Ullman in like old lady drag and it is hell worthy I like, like a hilarious wig it's like, so it is, funny yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like come on girl like mm. um, and there's also I mean the leads they're like whatever they're fu- underwritten characters <laughs> yeah. pretty boring yeah. well it's just rude with Corden as well because if yeah he's, he's a straight guy playing gay and like this could be have been such a an incredible moment for like Titus Burgess or like even well, like Nathan Lane even though he's too old, old for this role well, to I would have taken like, that you know cut Nicole and James Corden and just give me you know Kimmy Schmidt reunion Jane Krakowski and Titus Burgess Jane Krakowski would be so good in that, be great in that role yeah. oh, be we so were, we the were, dance sequence we would have gotten for the Zazz song absolutely excellent mm. um we were thinking of like because like there was like this whole meta thing about casting Meryl, how she's like a great actress. Mm. Like you know, Renee came up, and like this was I don't know, like she's still not getting work despite Judy. Yeah, well, so, Renee would have been perfect. Renee would have been a very because for meta, right? Um, she wanted Nicole to be Roxy. Griffin. Well, that's the thing to me. Like I don't buy Nicole in this role because she's not an underdog at yeah. all in yeah. any sort of way. Like so we Renee, should probably sort of just say what yeah. the premise of <laughs> this is. Set it up. So the premise of it is that. Uh, Meryl Streep, James Corden, Nicole Kidman, and Andrew Reynolds are all like Broadway kind of fading stars of Broadway. Or, yeah, or um, never beens. Never beens has been. Yeah, uh, and they want to revive their image by finding a small town cause that they can get behind, do some sort of really easy charitable work, and become more famous. Uh, and they find the story of a uh, girl in. Uh, Indiana. 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 I was like, I said Iowa. (laughs) I was one of the I states. Anyway, Indiana, um, who has been banned from taking her girlfriend to the prom. Mm, And so they're like, okay, we're going to go and uh, do this. Yeah, gay rights movement. It's seen as like a career opportunity. Yeah. Like, there's a a big song of like, we'll just help this this little lesbian, like, have her prom. There was a lot of like fun kind of poking fun at these characters though i think one of the problems with the play as well as the movie like the central material is that it kind of equally like sort of embodies all the tropes Mm, that it's making fun of in terms of like the broadway elites versus the like hicks from the small town like it's kind of it does not do anything to complicate them as being hicks and the music's kind of bad and it thinks it's smarter than it actually is it's like there are some fun lyrics in the music i would say but most of the lyrics most of the music is, is pretty meh yeah 
And, you know, I think my favorite part is when Meryl transforms into Julia Child for a little well, bit one of line, the film, I guess, yes. yeah, which is very um, I would know, My favorite part of it was that Meryl Streep and Kikamaku Key do get a makeout. Yeah. Mm. Which, um, she's about really two hard. decades his senior, so yeah. good on her. Also, Kerry Washington has an amazing dress. She's a very good sequin dress, <laughs> which just makes no character film. sense for her to be wearing. <laughs> no, she doesn't get a lot to do, but she yeah. looked chuffed that... I mean, they literally hold up signs at the end in terms of like for like a prom thing, and she's like best dressed, and yeah. she's just yeah. glowing, knowing that she at least got she one is. fun day. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and also, this film is set in like you know the twenty ten, supposedly 2020s, now, yeah. But it feels like it was set in, oh, in nineteen ninety. I feel like it's set like two thousand and three. <laughs> yeah, like because oh, everyone no. in the school is homophobic. Yeah, like why? Come on, Gen Except, Z does uh, not. Until until Andrew Reynolds sings yeah. them a song, and they instantly they stop being homophobic, yeah. which is a plot point that occurs and he says forget all the other stuff in the bible just it says love thy neighbor that's the most important and they're like right on dude righteous i think we agree um they do flips in the mall and everyone is cured of their of their homophobia yeah Yeah. um so anyway that's basically the problem you don't really need to see it i would say it's not quite bad enough to be like a really fun no it's not even a fun time yeah yeah it was just quite dull a lot of the time um you don't have that cat's whack ness that you would actually encourage someone to watch it yeah, um, and we yeah. had that back to back with, um, yeah, our, with our, happiest our season. Film. Yeah, and it was kind of like a, uh, it was a real up kind of mood, even though that was you know mixed. It was like up, and then it was yeah. just like it's a big crashing down Look, to the, the prom. prom. Is like I thought it was going to be a, a hot, fun, campy mess. But it was boring, and it yeah. was two and a half hours long, yep. and it was so much longer than it needed to be. It, it, it didn't serve. It didn't serve campiness enough. No, no. There was this weirdest sequence where like so in the scene of the prom where Emma, the main character, is going to be attending, um, we're seeing, like, this prom happening of, like, this, like, oh, my God, it's the prom, come along, oh, my God, I'm so worried. And then um, and then it cuts to Emma opening where she thinks the location is, except it doesn't happen immediately. Um, yeah, it's just some bad editing. Yeah, what it's supposed to be is, is they find that they've, like, lied to Emma and she's been taken to a wrong place, but they totally kill all mood and all energy of the thing, but yeah. just by... Anyway. Yeah. Um, and em- Emma's the main character, by the way. Emma's oh, the student. Yes. So I just- said that. Did he say that? I didn't say student. She's the main. She's the main. Um, Anything else that people want to talk about for Popcorn? Yes. Um, uh, Lord of the Rings is a Christmas film, and we are watching it right at the moment. Indeed. Last night. James and Cass. I didn't didn't Yeah, Matt's not invited. Yeah, we didn't invite Matt. That's Uh. fair. (laughs) So, yeah, Lord of the Rings is a Christmas movie, and uh, we decided to pop on The Fellowship of the Ring, which I had not seen in many a year, and I discovered that Cass is an ultimate Lord of the Rings, like super fan i don't think i would call myself lord of the rings super fan but i am a fan of the lord of the rings i just didn't and know like, that this was like i have seen it many times and, yeah. and i know a lot of the lines it was great james is just going okay, like how does Kess know all the lines to lord? and i'm like how do you not know the lines this is such an iconic moment yeah i, w- I mean it was an iconic moment but i guess for me it was like yeah like star wars was like my yeah, big thing see, and indiana I have no, jones no interest in star wars i do like indiana jones though um, but like, yeah, it was an incredible watch, and also really recommend going back and rewatching it. We did it on Netflix, so didn't do the extended editions, which we might do for the next ones. So you don't really like need to watch you, like, the extended editions. You like just pick up tiny little moments that, because you're so familiar with the film, you like forget little moments that that like yeah. happen. It's just um, so long. It's so long. It is, mm. but but it's just such but a. But it's comfort. so good. 
I mean, I've only seen it once. I just, so. I'm astounded. But anytime, I, I feel it's like, so funny though because we did own the DVD with a nice like cover and oh, stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. See, I just, this is the thing. I'm like, I've seen the extended editions many times because we had those at home sure, growing up yeah. on DVD. So I'm like, get to the point where I'm like, and that's where you put in DVD two of the two part DVD, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. the halfway point of the film. But, um, just so comforting, you know, that yeah. like, it's an epic saga that's going to pay off at the There's just new end. elements of it that you would come to appreciate. I'll do it one day because I don't remember a lot of it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it's just It fun. seems like I an like ordeal before you start and then you just pop it on and the it music. just washes over you. Yeah. Like, it was good. I do remember it being good. And I feel like the culture around it exhausted me a lot. I think that's fair. So I was yeah. like, I I, like, I'm not excited to pop you, it back in. Once you sort yeah. of like dig through all of the like tourist traps sure, yes. and like the, yeah. you know, like it's how expensive it is to go to Hobbiton and like, you mm-hmm. know, all of the fandom stuff and the fact they're remaking it for some god awful reason and the Hobbit films. Oh my God, the three Hobbit films. Once you dig through all of that at the root of it, are three incredible films like that mm. are really good <laughs> yeah. that are just like good performances very like uh efficient storytelling because it's very like it's a hugely complicated world and mm-hmm, the fact that they were mm-hmm. able to do one film for each of these yeah. huge books is actually a really good way of looking at like okay this is what the audience needs to know at this time yeah. here's what's important how and we hey, communicate it change um, the game and it's the thing, it's like the, the fact that then they're like, oh, this one re- really simple film, we're going to stretch it into three. It's like the hubris. Yeah. Like, the audacity. No, it's like you, you got it. You got it the first time when you were like, okay, one for each. This is the thing. And then you, you, you somehow, you stuffed it up. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It was a cash grab. Bad job, Peter. what the TV show is going to be like. Yeah. I'm not hugely excited for it. It's giving people a lot of work that I know around. Like, like you know, but, yeah. And it makes sense in terms of turning something into a franchise. Like, why wouldn't you try to compete with the Disneys of the world with mm. all the big franchises? But honestly, no. Just give me those three. <laughs> all right yeah cool um finally yeah. i i thought i had one other thing yeah so i want to talk about the video game oh, yeah. spirit fairer um which i gave to james for a birthday present uh yeah oh yeah week. james is turning um but we have been oh, we've been playing it together <laughs> james is the old the old man he's of the, the group he's by a month and he's the oldest one <laughs> by far yeah by decades <laughs> I weeks and yeah. centuries. So it's, it's actually <laughs> very fitting for the content of this game because the yeah. one that is collecting <laughs> souls is supposed to be aged and old. Uh, although uh, that's how it starts out with Caron, who collects spirits. But Caron is getting so old that he is going to die. He's going to retire, through I think. The ever door, uh, which is where spirits go for their final. Um, uh, resting place like uh, sent off. That's where they go to yeah, dissolve yeah. into. So the you world. play uh, Stella and you have a little cat called Daffodil, and I'm taking over Cass's time to talk because I talked a bunch. So It's all right. Um, well, we're sort of playing this together. So basically, it's I think it's been pitched as like a cozy management game about dying. Um, so basically, you have this big <laughs> ship, and it is very much like in the vein of think management style games like Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley, which I am huge big fan of. I'm sure I've brought both of those to the podcast before. Um, but basically, yeah, you go to tra- travel around to different islands, and you like find things like rocks and trees and all the rest of it. But the thing that really sets it apart from those other games is that rather than just kind of being a free, open, like you know, do what you want with your ship, um, your purpose is to fulfill kind of the last requests of each of these spirits as they Ooh. kind of get through from the sort of the, the area you're in is this big ocean of little islands and it's sort of a lot of spirits that are there that are kind of 
at the point where they're ready to move on into the next stage of their death um, and to go through this Evador for their, their afterlife. And so your job is to like, you know, make them their favorite food or like find, reunite them with their partner or like find different, you know, things. And so you just get these little requests and you, um, yeah, you really like have these little conversations with each of these characters and you form such a good connection. (coughs) And it's like, the moments where, um, yeah, you finally have to escort them through, like the first person that you escort through to the door is just so moving and so touching. It's like such a beautifully told story um, because they've built up that relationship and your existing relationship with them when they're alive as well, um, as well as, um, yeah, like what you do for them during this process of like helping them become ready to pass on. Yeah, um, I found it quite weird and existential and like <laughs> sad. Yeah, the first person that died, I was like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think for James and I, both of us have had, like, one so far. <laughs> it's really got to us. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, yeah, I think it's a really good way of sort of looking at that kind of death-positive mindset, I think, of, like, the idea of, you know, finding a way to to, to be kind and, um, like, yeah, treat others with kindness in that process of, like, helping them uh, be shepherded on to, through, through this sort of process, which everybody will go through. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like really beautifully done. Also, the design is just gorgeous. Like, mm. it sort of shows every, there's like a little day cycle. So, you see like all these different, um, like sunrises and sunsets mm. and stars and daytime. I'm just amazed by like so media, th- like this and Coco, where it's like, hey, this person has died and then they're going to die again and it's going to fuck you up. And you're <laughs> yeah, like, even though you know like they're all dead because they're ghosts, it's still super sad when they die another time. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I had to die another day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that's on Switch? So it's on Switch, but I think you can just also get it for Windows and Mac as well. I think yeah. you just buy it on Steam Check as Steam. well. Mm. Um, but we're playing it on Switch, and it's it works really well on the Switch. Yeah, and it's a really nice mix of, as you were saying, that kind of Stardew Valley, like harvesting, growing food and stuff, and then a little bit more like um, there's like mini quests and like yeah. more like... 2D side scroller here and there as well. Yeah, there's some um, elements which I, are, are too hard for me to play, so I scared James to do them because I'm not great at like you know double jump and go over the yeah. thing. Yeah, and it kind of, sort of works as a game that we can both play together because mm. like our interests, like there is some crossover, but like I might skew more to like the more action adventure kind of. Yeah, area. they are mm. playing by gender roles, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that sounds great. I would play it if I played games. <laughs> um, I keep, at one point, we will convince you to do it. I keep saying I keep bringing them that, yeah. to your you show, and, and you're like, like, that sounds good. Yeah, and I'm like, you should, I read, you should yeah. read Robbie Nichols' article on RNZ. Yes. Also, another, another good piece of hey, media. I feel like a couple of weeks, I did play Animal Crossing, and then, um, no, real life came out. So, <laughs> Animal know. Crossing is probably not the best, like, you know, <laughs> I here's do, a short-form game to get I through. Do really, like, I do really want to play that attorney game that you guys mentioned ah oh, man no. Ace attorney is Phoenix so fun Ace attorney yeah. Uh, yeah but quickly shout out to uh robbie nichols uh article just giving a little bit more space to that around on rnz saying like yeah uh he's someone that hasn't played video games and is trying it for the first time and how it's like a really Here's why you should start playing video yeah. games yeah. as an adult i have played video games but not as much as you guys yeah we're just um, diving into <laughs> video games and board games going hard yeah. it Love a game. No, that's fair enough. What have you been taking in? Uh, you know, I have uh, watched a couple of films, obviously, duh. Um, I watched this film, this beautiful film called... <laughs> Sorry, um, just the obviously, duh. duh. Anyway, go on. I have um, been watching. 
come on, keep up. It's 2020. Um, Movies are a thing. <laughs> yeah. They're a dying species, okay? Yeah. Um, I, talk about that. <laughs> I watched a, a movie called um, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, which is like a nice um, indie film. Um, What's uh, that one again? This, um, it's about this girl who got pregnant and um, she can't have an abortion in her state because you need parental consent mm. to do it. And so she moves, uh, she, she goes to New York city to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like this, um, realistic, beautiful, um, journey of, of seeing her go through the city with her cousin slash best friend to, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to describe because it's not a lot to describe on paper, but like watching it's very riveting and very affecting uh, there is a titular scene uh, where, and I'm just going to leave it at that because it makes sense in the movie. It's it's, it's amazing. Um, and uh, Sydney Flanagan, who is the lead actress, uh, she just won Critics Awards for Best Actress from the Boston and the New York Film Critics Awards just this week. So mm. I'm very nice. proud of her. Um, I also watched a, just today actually, I finished Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is on Netflix, which I did like. I think it's pretty solid. Um, I am very impressed that they cut it down to 90 minutes for Mm. one, because it's like a two act play. Right. Like um, I think Chadwick is, you know, pretty effective and he's very like he's a firebrand in it. And he's Mm -hmm. there are moments in his performance that are really kind of um, affecting because like he talks about death and all that stuff. And he's 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 um, really good in it. And Viola as Marini is is pretty solid as well. I don't think it's one of my absolute favorites from her, but I think it's really cool to see her in a different mode where she's a bit more aggressive and thuggish and kind of like nice, you know, yeah. See some range. Yeah, yeah. some range. Um, I I think I wanted more uh humor from her characterization, but um, I think both of them are gonna win the Academy Awards for Best Actor and Best Actress, which we haven't seen a film won both of those awards uh since 1997 wow guess which film i don't know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's as Ti- good as it gets oh, right. oh, gonna say ti- i was gonna say titanic i mean that was the same year similar, yeah, right. but ne- neither no. of them no won. performance leo was not even nominated brutal wow he's good in that his hair yeah. Yeah. His hair should have been nominated. Has, I mean, like, we're going to talk about Ryan Gosling's hair. Oh, like, very oh, that's, that's hair to rival. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so there's a lot of actors. Like, there's some, like, really good supporting performances mm-hmm. in, in Myrani as well. Like, there's Coleman Domingo and Glenn Turman, all those people. And speaking of, like, plays-ish, kind of, and Coleman Domingo, I watched uh, the Christmas special of Euphoria, which is actually just, like, a two-hander between him and Zendaya. It's like a therapy session. It's like a play in an hour. So I did not expect cool. that for a Christmas special. Oh, That's really cool. interesting. Which is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was fun. Um, a couple more things that I, I want to shout out. I, ages ago, finished um, uh, Freya Daly Sadgrove's Head Girl, which I enjoyed. Awesome. Um, congrats, Freya, on your book. Uh, yeah. And um, I started watching Desperate Housewives on TVNZ On Demand. And let me tell you. Well, camp. Well, <laughs> actresses. Well, Terry Hatcher, Felony Huffman, uh, Marsha Cross, Eva Longoria. Well, what a I'm surprised a you've never seen this because I feel like it is no, so your No, I, no, I have seen Desperate okay. Housewives. It's but, me that okay. hasn't seen it. But it's like, you know, when I used to watch it, 
it was just like you know episodes here and there, right? Instead of like getting the full breadth of right. of of right. the saga, I see of desperation, <laughs> of the house of house yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and speaking of desperation, there isn't a more desperate place in the world than Hollywood, aka La La Land. And today's feature presentation is that film. <laughs> I feel like we, we didn't need that last bit there. We'd, we'd already kind of oh, got it, but I it's like all right. Feature presentation. So, yes, we talk about La La Land today. So, yeah, we wanted to pick a big film for our final... End of year blowout. Yeah, yeah. 2020 film. We and started the year with Avatar. And we're ending the year with La La Land. Yeah, yeah, two Best Picture nominees that... Who just lost! Didn't quite get there. Frontrunners who lost. Yeah, for a few minutes. They thought <laughs> they had it in the bag. Oh, um, what, a, what, a, what a moment in yeah. pop culture. I think we should discuss that first. What a we moment just talk about that in moment. pop culture. Yeah. Because I'm like, I we were we were eating uh, curry that we'd gotten from the you know the Crown Indian place. We yeah. were sitting yeah. there watching the Oscars where, where, at home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I was actually I was one of the things where I'd been lightly sick, and so I'd mm, called mm. the day off work. But oh, then actually, so was I, I, been, I been, girl, we were but, lightly sick. This is the thing where I was like, <laughs> um, um, I had me. I had forgotten that the Oscars were on, and then I was like, oh, but I will watch the Oscars now yeah. that I'm home sick from work. And then I was yeah, like, I'm oh, always, they're definitely gonna think that I just faked yeah. it so that I could watch. I'm the Oscars. always sick around that time of the year. But, you know, it's all right. I don't work there anymore. So, <laughs> um, But, yeah, we're, I just remember that moment of, like, oh, like, and I love La La Land, cool, that's fine. And then, like, the, the, the moment of the guy coming up to the microphone. What a just... Well, also the host, like, twist. presenting it with Warren Beatty. And, um, the when they host. came back up to be, like... Bu- the like, presenters. Jimmy um, Kimmel? Yeah. No, 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 sorry. Like, the pe- the, like they the did re- the, the fuck the, up. The, the presenters. Um, the, I'm blanking yeah. on her name. Um, Faye Dunaway. Faye. Um, and Faye is, like... Well, Faye just like she's gonna be fully sending fucks her lawyers. it up. Well, you know, she's she's <laughs> mommy dearest yeah, herself. She's not my yeah. mommy. Um, <laughs> and Christina, bring me the axe. Like honestly, when <laughs> when Warren is like clearly knows something's wrong, Faye thinks he's just fucking about and just like, fucking read pulls it. off the <laughs> bed. Like, her eyes were like shooting daggers. Like just read it. I think it's about when he comes back to me, he's like, the envelope said Emma Stone, yeah. la la yeah, yeah, yeah. land. Well, Covering his eye. Because I think she does say it at the end. Or No, it's the thing. It's he like, ends up saying it. Yeah, la la but la she's la la the one that pushes him. She pushes him to say it. Yeah. Oh, and guy, I just, like, Moonlight, you, s- you guys won Best Picture. Yeah. Like, what a, oh. what a moment. Have After you, he just thanked his blue-eyed wife. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Have you seen the the picture that's gone around on Twitter of like everyone's reaction in the audience? Like, oh yeah, and <gasps> and then Shirley MacLaine with her like, <gasps> you know, mm. I mean, if you, the podcaster, visual medium, go see the film. Yeah, the, the film. See the this film. Clip. See the this film. Bit on the, best, the best picture of 2017 is, is Oscars, <laughs> 2016. Oscars 2016. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, oh. it's it's a really unfortunate kind of thing, both for La La Land and for Moonstruck. Uh, I don't Moonlight. know. I think I think it's <laughs> Struck. Well, I think weirdly Moonstruck. Yeah, won the won again. Oscar. Weirdly, yeah. tw- thirty years in the future. It's like snap out of it. <laughs> the best still the best. We haven't had a better one since. Like, still the reigning champion Moonstruck. Um, famously, did not win, but twenty yeah. years later, thirty <laughs> years later, yeah. even. Um, it's like when no. Eminem came back to perform this <laughs> no. itself. He's oh back again. God. I think 
Well, I mean, if it was the other way around, it wouldn't have been an iconic moment. No. It would have been very sad. Yeah, yeah. Very sad. It would have just been a kick in the teeth. It's, but the fact that Moonlight came back yeah. as this kind of, like, this is more of the it's, underdog. It's better for much, both like, films. more, like, yeah. progressive and interesting film. And I think you the know? better film, we can all agree. And, yeah. and like, you like, know, you know, Hollywood and, and the world over was, you know, in a bra- bad place because, you know, 45 just got elected mere months before. Yeah. So. We all needed to pick me up. <laughs> we I do feel bad that Barry Jenkins was robbed of that, like, like a moment that is not like, like a a, a yeah. He didn't a, get like the click, sort of glory sort of clickback kind of thing, but like yeah. it was an iconic. Barry moment. Jenkins will win an Oscar at yeah. some. point. I mean, he I has believe. won. I mean, he won the yeah. the writing Oscar for this with Terrell Alvin McCraney. Right. Yeah. I mean, not for this for, for Moonlight the, the for yeah. Moonstruck. Sorry, <laughs> <For> Moonstruck. Sorry, <laughs> Cher, don't slap me. Right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I was. I think I was on my way. I was like at home. Maybe I was still a waiter, I think. So I didn't really have work, but I was re- about to review a show at like four ish for the French festival. Uh. And I was like, perfect, the Oscars are going to finish. But then this, like, it, it ran a little bit late because yeah. of the thing that happened. So I was running through, I didn't change. So I was in my jandals and my home clothes. <laughs> Um, and I was sweaty, and I was just like, was not concentrating on yeah. the show. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, um, whoever got reviewed in 2016 yeah. at your 4 p.m. show I'll on I'll tell Monday. you off pod. So, um, <laughs> no, we will no, we'll come back to that later. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that my mind was just like, I did not quite ponder how like um, iconic that moment was in the moment. Yeah. But, you know... Um, and now we're revisiting the loser, the yeah. Lala loser of <laughs> Lala Palooza. <laughs> um, yeah. So, of, what was everybody's previous history with La La Land, yeah. other than the moment we've discussed? I remember seeing it. I don't recall where. I think it was just in the embassy or something like I that. I think I might have seen it with you the first time, but then I yeah. saw, I went again with my mum oh, because oh, I was like, right. I feel like my mum would like this. Yeah. Um, because we'd always grown up, you know, watching. Oh, I'd grown up with all yeah. of the sort of old Hollywood films, yeah, which yeah, she had yeah. always shown me. So I was like, let's watch this one together. Mm. It's a sort of homage to that type of film. I saw it as well. Um, I think it might have even be with Lala last week's guest. But I can't, I can't... <laughs> Lala Lucas. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> but. Um, Did you know him at that time? No. I mean, I must have. Oddly enough, you were seated next to each other at the theater. Again. Oh, with unbelievable. Well, you just kept running of, into each yeah, other. Uh, I, so I liked it, but the second half of the film really annoyed me. Mm. And the, the, the narrative of the time was Moonlight versus La La Land. And I think, like, the film didn't age well <laughs> in my head because... I could just, the, the bad parts of the film really stuck in my head. Right. So it was good to kind of like revisit it and see if, if my impression was correct or if indeed I did enjoy the film. Hmm. So we'll find out. Yeah, I know. Said. So to me, like the memory of La La Land was, you know, diminishing returns. Right. That was more. I do recall, I mean, like, yeah, I, I remembered liking it and like not thinking it was like, perfect mm. by any means, or, like, a particularly fantastically great film, but, like, I enjoyed it. I liked, you know, I liked yeah. both my experience. I mean, I went to see it again, so... I mean, all yeah. right, I guess Fact she's that, like, a fan. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think the thing that kind of disappointed me, pointed me um, as well was, like, 
the best bits of the movie were shown in the trailer. Yes. So like, it's well, a really good trailer. Yeah, like, it is. What a great trailer. So when I saw the magical moments in the film for the first time, I guess it didn't really hit properly because I was like, it's "Well, fair. I've seen it." Yeah. You know, but I don't know. We, uh, you know, four years. We've got a different president now, so yeah. I don't know. Mm. Well, should we get to the description of the yeah. movie in our, our now regular segment? It is my turn to do movie in a minute. Um, the mama movie. Mama mama mo- <laughs> minute. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, do you want to hold the time. clock? All right. Well, this is La La Land in a minute, and your time starts now. Uh, so Emma Stone's character Mia is a aspiring actress that is working on the MGM lot in LA and then Ryan Gosling's character Sebastian is a jazz lover whose dream is to open a jazz club. Uh, they have a chance encounter. Firstly like she holds up traffic seconds. and he goes around her. Then like they meet in a bar in a jazz bar um, and then you know th- uh, I can't remember how they actually end up like meeting properly. He just like comes out together but they form a romance um, and basically like he inspires her to write a one woman play. She decides to do that he goes seconds. off with John Legend to go work on a tour for this kind of like modern fusion jazz band, uh, but he hates all of that stuff. And then um, they have this big fight, which is really stupid. Uh, and then uh, she has an agent come to see her one woman play, even though nobody else came. And it means that she gets this huge big audition. Um, so uh, he drives her and forces her to go to the audition. She gets this huge big role, and we see five years later that she's become a very very famous actress. And he has uh, opened up his jazz club and fulfilled his dreams, but they are no longer together because they broke up for reasons. Good job, Cass. Oh, there's no little... Oh, there we go. Oh, there you go. I was dying <laughs> for most of that. Not because of Cass. Cass did a wonderful job. I thought that was a pretty good song. That was a really good job. It. But the aggressive 45 seconds... 45 seconds. I know. Did not expect it at all. I, I don't need to know when 45 seconds have passed. I, I thought it would be an interesting... Just to shake it up a bit. I thought it was a lot. Just because you nail movie in a minute. All the uh, time. I just want to see how I, I can I remember what the you. important parts are of <laughs> yeah. the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But do you remember that there's 45 seconds to yeah. go? Yeah. Um, yes, that's it. It's a, it's a, it's a, I guess it's a it's romance. A romance. Yeah. It's a romance musical. Yeah. Which, in the end, they don't end up together. Yeah. yeah um, which which I think is quite a... Refreshing. Like, it's always refreshing. So we have some opinions about the mm. actual shape yeah. of the relationship. Well, we'll and talk about whether it. that makes sense. We'll and talk about it. What are the movies where people don't get together? We've got 500 Days of Summer. We've also, got I've Eternal got Sunshine, kind of. Yeah, we've got mm. Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> Oh, I mean, they don't, that's okay. a, they don't wow. end up together <laughs> romance in the same category uh, as the other uh, one. <laughs> Call me by your name. <laughs> I think, like, honestly, if you can get a romance where they don't end up together and it's kind of heartbreaking and bittersweet, like, yeah. that's the best kind for mm. me. Yeah. I don't know. I do like that, but I do... But I also no, like you like the way yeah. Harry met Sally's. Yeah, yeah I do you know, know my reaction too. when, like, when they do finally get together. I'm like, yeah. oh, well... Yeah. I don't you know? think it's a blanket rule. It depends on no. what sort of is it's, needed for it's the story. It's how the story is told. And yeah. where you're at. Yeah. Um, so first of all, a, a very pressing question for this particular film. Yeah. Uh, we've got to name our MVP, our most visually oh, pleasing character. I mean, there's, it's not a huge pool, but the competition... There's not that many characters the in competition it. No, but is we tight. have two leads who are, I would say, probably Oof. among the most attractive people in Hollywood, probably, in the world. Like, <laughs> probably at their peak hotness. At their peak hotness, as well. indeed. Yeah. Yeah, well shot, too. I will say, like, judging from a purely, like, oh, who is the sexiest character here, 
I'm going to go with Ryan Gosling mm. um, because I think Emma Stone looks beautiful. Like I love oh, the costume design on her beautiful. is gorgeous, but I feel like I, I appreciate her looks and I want to have those dresses and look like that way as opposed to like oh what a sexy woman way mm. whereas i feel like ryan gosling is just the like little like it's this, this, this sort of like little flick of the hair mm. the like kind of slightly cocky kind of mm. you know mm. old school sort of like uh, mm. the, the sort of fashion and the um suits and the way that he kind of holds himself with this kind of slight arrogance but also he's very enthusiastically supportive of her dreams mm. um i feel like yeah I, I think for me he's he's my mvp oh um it's very difficult but yeah there's a lot of good points raised on there Cass but I'm gonna go for Emma Stone because yeah she as you saying her like her looks are impeccable and someone that like has a beautiful look and can pull it off and she's incredibly like bubbly and effervescent uh and yeah like eminently like watchable on screen and yeah very very uh, beautiful and charming so yeah my pick goes for Emma Stone because literally like shot between shot she has a like mm. a, a new color a new dress a new kind of look every every look as she's so she's styled impeccably in this film yeah. it's yeah great Emma's beautiful in this film her body is snatched like <laughs> her her hair the hottest the curls, ever been. The, the curls. like just but yeah. waves just delicately falling oh, she's just she's funny she's charming she's she's bubbly and like historically has been like you know my kind of after Jessica Alba historically my teenage <laughs> crush, um, but there's something about Ryan in this he's, film. He's, 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 yeah. The looseness, I don't it's, know. It's I like, wanted to give some love to him. Yeah, of Ryan course. is really serving. It's just just like he's uh, stoic and mysterious, which is sexy, mm. but he's also funny, yeah, which is sexy and rascally. And he's also, um, there's care in his eyes when he looks at Emma, which is also very sexy. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, there's something about, he looks like a puppy. And I just, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, listeners. (laughs) He looks so good in this film. And like, his his suits are like, well, tailored. Like, the thing to me is like, Emma is is beautiful. She's, but she's so, she feels attainable, which is. Mm. Not not realistic, but like her personality makes you feel like I think there's you know, she's also the girl something next door. in like the way the framing of this, and we sort of yeah. talked about it at the credits as well at the end that it feels a bit more like uh, Emma's sort of playing the POV character, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Ryan's playing the love interest character. Yeah. Even though it is like we do sort of see both their perspectives at certain points, like it feels a little bit more like he's the object of desire guy yeah. and so i think because of that framing like it's well, her seeing him playing the piano that exactly. becomes the thing that draws us in mm. so i think because of that framing it also tips it towards like oh look how sexy ryan Gosling yeah yeah is. exactly well emma's more giving which mm. you know is is you know traditionally less mm. sexy yeah whereas there's something more unknowable like, and, and wanting yeah <laughs> there's giving. something like he's not a dick really He's not, but yeah. But, but there's the quality of you like, damn, he's Or he ugh. is, he is a dick at times and then he apologizes. Yeah, but there's, 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 yeah, we'll talk about there's, some there's of the lines and, and the personality um, of both these characters. But yeah, but. I don't think I've been this attractive to Ryan Gosling. I think. Yeah, I think. I think it's, 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 
What are his yeah. other like hot I roles? I do generally just like Ryan Gosling and yeah. things. Like I don't know if that's he's a, like the pickup yeah. artist and I think um, he's way crazy too... stupid love. And yeah, stuff, which yeah. Is also quite hot. But I think he's not as nice in crazy stupid love. There's mm. like a tenderness about Sebastian. Yeah. yeah, and there's the drive and there's the the the, the humor, which I appreciate. I think he's such an underrated comedian. Mm. Yeah. I thought you were saying the drive as in the drive. His, oh, his, he was pretty the hot. The film in, drive. I think he's yeah. hot in he drive. He was pretty hot in drive as well. <laughs> yeah. Smash yeah. person. But it's the same thing the of like, give, give me nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let it's me pretty, yeah. That's onto the thing. you. That's the thing. It's the give me nothing. I, like, I will chase. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. the hot. It's like, you know, when people don't give into the chase, that's hot. Like, I want to attain them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, totally. Um, so, Congratulations, Ryan. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, Emma might have won the Oscar, but Ryan won MVP. <laughs> Ryan won MVP so. of Big and, and what's the, the greater prize? Award. Yeah. Um, well, let's wait, actually, sorry. Um, Moonlight, you won MVP. Uh, sorry. Um, sorry uh, well, honestly, Moon, though, I've quite a lot of the kids Moon in Moonlight. <laughs> Moonstruck. Moon Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, let's get to our bottles, uh, yeah. which means good. Um, <laughs> what are the Hot debate last episode. <laughs> What are the bottles of uh, La La Land? Uh, I think, I mean, we'll talk about, I guess, we'll sort of. maybe it's a good time to just talk, to talk about these in length. Mm-hmm. I think that Justin Hurwitz's score and composition is really well suited to the sort of pastiche huh. of this old Hollywood that they're trying to do. I think, like, yeah, the music is really interesting and swelling and has that kind of big stuff. I don't like the vocal performances. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always been my drawback is, like, I think... I think Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone could both sing, mm-hmm. but they both have this kind of very husky, very light tone. It's very like they make it more real rather than yeah, fantasy. Yeah, it feels which, which, very like little pops yeah. sort of singing. It feels like it's gone through Chintzy. a machine and it's yeah. close to a microphone, and it doesn't feel like the glorious old school yeah. style of music that I wanted. And I, I was, I said during when we were watching it that I really wish that they had Marnie Nixon to this film, like they mm. had they'd gotten somebody in to sing those big Broadway vocals and dubbed over these actors That's, because that would have been totally within would, the keeping. It would have been fine, but like thing. I think in this climate, you it's, it's the be thing of like. Egos it. of the yeah. actors and whatever, but well, I'm like, not, I think it's it's not the egos more than it's like, why didn't you just cast this person? Yeah, rather than like, but I'm just like, yeah. I feel like you could you could do that and like also publicize who these singers were yeah, as well yeah, yeah. and just say like this is a gimmick we're doing because we're basing it on yeah. Like, yeah I feel like if that was things. the angle, then I think they, I, anyway that's what my my argument is. But I, I do think the composition and the scoring throughout it is just yeah, really I cool. like the song. Lush, it's like well, yeah. um, the things that get stuck in your head is the dun 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 mm. like you know you might be able to sing like City of Stars, but yeah. like past no, that I, I'm like yeah. I like the songs, especially like considering like I mean the last musical we saw was The Prom where the songs were like bullshit yeah <laughs> like these songs were actually like you know catchy melodic mm. and um advance the story forward yeah in, and in have ways. this sort of sweepingness yeah quality to them that also, feels kind of gosh, yeah, old mgm like these were um written by your faves your fave boys <laughs> pa- pasek and paul oh the pr- no, for this. For this, this one. Yeah. This one, it's Pascal, but it's also Justin Hurwitz. Yeah, I know. So it's it. it's yeah. Justin Hurwitz, the X Factor. Yes. Yeah. And who, I'm like, Pascal also. Did Pascal do the lyrics? I don't know. What did they do? I think they did co composition lyrics. They did some bits of it. Right. I don't know. It's a Because I would say thing. that it's the. Because I think it's, it's both the together. score. It's, the, yeah. it's yeah. the music that I think that is more catchy, less like. Lyrically, it's like, not. Yeah. It's just like a full like musical, really. Like, I wouldn't out and out call this like boom this is a musical like I think this is, it a, is musical. a musical well, like I, I think like I guess what I mean is in terms of like I don't think of it in terms of like singing 
like the the lead of the film is not like it's singing like you say you don't like a lot of the the vocals there's not actually yeah. a lot of vocals in it I guess like, it's I write like so there's like there are sequences which are to yeah. music but aren't necessarily so, vocal songs so it's like paying ode to like earlier kind of musicals which mm. had like dream ballets and like huge wonderful choreograph numbers which we'll talk about in a little yeah. bit but in terms of like people actually singing like you, you think about it there's like I there's, think that's true there's the yeah. song at the, okay, I know at, what you mean. at the top and then there's there's um, another song at the top there are songs well. throughout there's like, like there's yeah. the songs where there's oh, yeah, like where girls going to party there's you get the, the like the diegetic like the John Legend kind dance of duet. Yeah. but like all up like for the total run of like a two hour kind of film I think you've got like I don't it's know, also like a lot. A I would enough. say though, a lot of movie musicals tend to have like five songs. Yeah. like a Disney movie. It's also will have a five lot songs. more so, dramatic than yeah. like an MGM musical, really. You know, yeah. like it's it's yeah, it's tweaked for mm. a modern. But um, I feel like the bits that really get to me musically are things like that when they dance and they fly up into the sky and the yeah, observatory or like the dream romantic. ballet and yeah. those are as you're saying not yeah. vocal sequences yeah, those are those are instrumental dance. sequences which I, is the composition i really love that the, like the work that they've put in in terms of the other aspects of like a musical in terms of that choreography where it looks like it's ryan and emma like doing it a lot of the time that they've really put in the work and like like incredible kind of numbers yeah, like i think what what struck me um this uh watch was how really well directed the film is. Like, yeah. Yeah. the sequences feel alive, they're lively, the musical numbers feel grand and sweeping, not like, you know, I don't know, Rob Marshall musicals, where it's just like, it doesn't feel that sweet. Like, mm. it really is a throwback to the MGM musicals where everyone is dancing and and um, singing. Maybe not the leads, but, There isn't you know. a fear of stylization. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. really, it's, like, embracing that. It seems that, fun, in, instead of, fun. you know... Like, that scene where they're tapping up, like, looking for their cars is just, like... It's so, so cute. Like, charming between yeah. the two of them. So beautifully directed. Like, the skyline looks beautiful yeah. for LA. Like, one of the things that's called oh, the, La La Land. The, the you cinematography need to, of this film yeah. is beautiful. The you, production design. The production you need design, to fall the costume design. Oh, the city. so good. And, like, you definitely... Like, the city feels definitely a part of, of the architecture, of, of a character of the film, just as yeah. much as... The fifth girl, L.A. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. She's here. Yeah. Uh, best new newcomer. Um, I feel like she's been there. She's <laughs> been here she, for she's a She's been while. around. She is the titular role, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think and also the way that they film dancing, for example, yeah. there is a lot more of opportunities for us to see full dance yeah, moves and, and it, routines and staging of that, yeah. as opposed it, to just, like, quick cut to, like, disguise feels, the fact that they're not really dancing. It feels larger than life, because you yeah. can see them working, and it's like, ooh, this is a real skill. And, like, and like we were also noticing as well, like, clearly Ryan Gosling is playing the piano a lot of the yeah, time, because yeah. they've very deliberately gone, like, we are doing one shot where we're going to show you very clearly and his you know, face and his hands at the same time. And you know it's his hands, because... He's got hairy hands. They're quite hairy hands. And we're like, yeah. a, a hand model would probably not be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> quite so. <laughs> yeah. quite, quite the They yeti. would have shaved the hand model. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of like other sort of direction stuff, we kind of just brushed onto the production design yeah. just near, but I think it's worth just sort of Beautiful. dwelling on it. Um, like whimsical, poetic. Yeah. yeah. Like it's fun in that way that like, I think if it was a movie that was trying to be more realistic, mm. you'd be like, oh, it's a bit twee that it's, they've got all these color things. But I think because it's trying yeah. to be this big romantic lush yeah. whimsical thing. It's like eye candy without being gaudy. You yeah. know how like a lot of eye candy is just like big bright colors, big production numbers, but there's something painterly about yeah. the production design. There's, 
There's yeah. a bit more care. It's very and like Amelie and sort of yeah, that sort yeah, of yeah, style yeah. of like you know yeah. we're gonna have these these bold sort of color looks and these was, sort of color stories throughout. It was really gonna... influenced from the umbrellas of of Cherbourg. Of Cherbourg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was like that like big bold pastel yeah. like kind mm. of colors. Um, yeah. And yeah, the fact that they sort of play, they play with like different textures as well. They've got mm. bits where it's clearly mm. here's a painted sort of big backdrop that we're going to put in because we we're on a set, so we're having it go by, yeah. and mm. we're having you know I all think, these different fun things. Yeah, and the costume design, I feel like you know, if you see it, you know, like on a surface level, I was joking at the beginning with with the cars and stuff. Everyone obviously is like color blocked and like yeah. I was like, ooh, this Pepsi commercial. <laughs> like, <laughs> where's Kendall Jenner? She's gonna come out. Um, but actually, for contemporary costume design, very good, very detailed, yeah. Yeah. lush dresses. Like just the suits fun. are beautiful well. and just fun, well exactly. fitted. Like um, yeah, because sometimes you know a lot of contemporary costume designs, you know, can feel boring or yeah. uh, are swallowed up by more period appropriate stuff. You know, mm. it's but these are like these are best. I mean, they didn't win best costume design, but if you like, you know, they would it's deserve very good it. Costume yeah. design. And I think they it's a f- it. it's a feat that, like, while we're watching this, we can both buy that it is like present day, but then also all doing these like callbacks to like old. It's like Hollywood. a very like stylized present day. Yeah, and it's, and it's yeah. never like confusing. It's never like, well, where are we? It's like I haven't seen this film, but I feel like the 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 film that won best costume design was Fantastic Beasts. Which and is, I was like, uh, no, no, it's no, fine. No, like it's had yeah, fine yeah, costume yeah. design, but it wasn't. I, yeah. It was just, just Harry Potter flashier. world. I don't and know. this is a pretty flashy film in yeah. and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Um, one final. Uh, I don't know if it's final, but another <laughs> bottle that I'd like to <laughs> somebody um, shout out is uh, the chemistry between the two leads. Oh yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like there's a reason Very why. Very good. Very good chemistry. Well, maybe unbelievable is a bit too hyperbolic. But yeah, like there's a reason why these two are like paired together quite quite a lot huh. in films. This is I think their like last one. Most recent or was, one? Did Gangster Squad come after this? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Um, but like so, like, the, one of the best things about um, Crazy Stupid Love, which probably doesn't hold up on a rewatch, could be an interesting I've never back, seen it, so. is, uh, is, like, they're, like, like, one or two scenes where it's, like, oh, that's, my God, you look like a Ken doll, and, like, he does the lift from Dirty Dancing. That's really funny, though, because, like, I remember when I first saw La La Land, I wasn't as convinced i was like they've got brother sister chemistry i don't think that's the case yeah. at all no yeah because i was just like oh i guess they're both funny so i'm just like i guess but... funny must be brother and sister <laughs> i don't know i guess they have like uh... no one can ever have fun with their partner because that's just <laughs> no one of them has to be serious and one of them has to, to be, be silly yeah. um and we were coming into this film remembering like oh well they're both pretty serious and then while watching it i was like oh no but actually i was just like very silly but i was uh, now that i was paying attention a bit more i was like yeah, they they light up the screen, movie stars, and yeah. they were both putting in the work. They like there was so much care put into those glances and like the mm. little like the walk through they had through the city of LA. Yeah, and it was just um yeah you could feel like a, a genuine kind of affection between the two of them and yeah and that's something you can't that can't be faked. Mm. Um, as we saw last week in Happiest Season. Uh, I thought I thought you were gonna shout out, but yeah, that too. But what were you gonna say? I thought you were gonna say the husband of Emma Stone. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, at the very uh, end. well, the first an early banana yeah. is the husband of Emma Stone. At yeah. The end. Um, yeah. I think. Should we talk about anything? Any other, anything else performance wise? 
Um, um, those are really like we no, have I, kind of those two performances, and then like John Legend comes in for a bit, but he uh, doesn't have very much to do. Uh, yeah, um, I was just like it's very looking much to see if there film. are any holes in John Legend's performance being more of a musician than a performer. I was like, he doesn't have too much to do. Yeah, to he's be just like he kind of comes like, in, and then his vocals light up the sound. The, no, the sound I was system. just gonna say that this film is like a lot funnier than I remember. I yeah. think that a lot of the criticism of this film came from like uh, people that didn't realize when the film is laughing at mm. itself like there are some points which i think are quite self-aware particularly yeah. around the whole jazz situation yeah um like the way that ryan gosling plays it at least you get a sense that he he realizes how ridiculous his character is being how a lot this yeah like, his, you know, not his, fully his, developed. This, this, this jazz purist yeah. sort of personality of we his. all know that guy we, yeah and it's just like and some I feel of like, us he, have been that guy <laughs> james Man. Um, what? Who? <laughs> Jazz? What? I have I have been Zazz? that guy as well yeah. with, with certain films. Citizen Kane, I remember ranting to, to people. Uh, I was, when I I, as school. I said when I was watching this film, like <laughs> I have met and been cornered by many of these men at parties during my university days. Yeah. Um, and now she's doing a podcast with two I've of them. And now I've got two of them, two reformed ones. <laughs> um, but it's the thing where you're like, oh, they're charming, they mean well, they're funny, but also it's a bit annoying. I wish they'd stop yeah. talking about jazz. Yeah. Well, I, we were talking about how Sebastian is like this like dark, aloof, mysterious character in terms of like the MVP kind of value. But then also he's able to straddle that with like a lot of humor and relatability yeah, and this is, charm. This is the thing. Like I've always, one of my big takeaways from my memory of La La Land was I was just like, Ryan Gosling was so funny in this film. And he did. He was funny. But maybe because I always expected that from Emma, mm. that I wasn't as, like, impressed with her. But, like, in this rewatch, I was like, she's putting in the work, too. She's really funny. She's just natural at comedy. Mm. So, um, you know, seeing both of them be so giving and be so funny with each other was, you know, they're, both of their performances together and individually... I wouldn't go so as far as saying that she maybe deserved the Oscar. There are mm. other people. Let's in the talk about the Oscars. category, but yeah. I think it's a, it's a good. It's a good, like it. it I I endorse yeah. this winning performance. Um, in the category we had Natalie Portman and Jackie, okay. which she was really good, Very and good. I I, yeah. I think you know, yeah. she was better in Black Swan. I think um, Isabelle Huppert in L which I think she was great as well. Yeah, I, I think both of those performances are probably better than Emma's, but they're dramatic. They're different. Right. Um, Meryl Streep in Florence Foster Jenkins. She was a good, actually. I enjoyed her. Would not reward her for that. Um, uh, Ruth Nega um, in Loving. Very understated performance. Very deserving. Not quite the performance that usually wins this category. Mm. And not nominated. An arrival. Well, that's the clear winner, I the think. Clear winner. Well, it's, like, like if there was people any, got Emma Stone and Amy Adams mixed up. If there was any year where Amy, I mean, I would have. Oh. Has Natalie ever won it? Yeah. Have you seen Black Swan? Oh yeah, she got that for that, mm. and she was amazing. She's good in Black Swan. She Look, was. the thing about Natalie is she is best when she's playing characters who try very hard. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's it's her energy. Yeah, that's her energy. energy. It's the because same as like Anne Hathaway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but she's amazing in Black Swan because Nina, that, I mean... It's the but perfectionism. I, I think yeah. that her Jackie performance, from what it's I great. can remember, is very, it's very good. good. He's very yeah. great. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, Jackie's all artifice as well until mm-hmm. you, like, peek closer and you, like... It's a similar type yeah. in some ways. Because when you watch the trailer, you're like, what is this voice that she's doing? I know it's the Jackie voice, but... 
But then you watch the film and it'll kind of, you know, yeah. make sense. But yeah, Arrival is a really, like, it's a fully formed performance. Yeah. It's... Oh, and also there's Viola Davis in Fences, but she opted to go for supporting. Mm-hmm. I think she could have won in lead. Mm-hmm. But she might win her lead Oscar this year. Who knows? Here we go. So. Uh, should we move into our bot- uh, bananas? Yeah. yeah. La La Land. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so, there's one particular scene that all three of us <laughs> just freaking hated in this film. Yeah. <laughs> which is, okay, so second half of the film, so to go back to my summarising, um, we have had uh, Ryan Gosling, Sebastian, he's out on tour with John Legend's band, which is kind of like a kind of pop jazz fusion thing. What's this it song's again? pretty fun. It's called The, the Messengers. messengers. Nice. Um, Don't shoot them. Like, I'm like, look, it's, it's a bit overdone. Like, there's some, like, dances that come on during the live show, which are not necessary. Well, let's set the scene, um, because, like, you know, first it's like, okay, it's a pop fusion kind of jazz band. We're like, and okay, we're like, maybe okay. you have too many instruments, yeah, but all right. Just you know, like, okay, Ryan, you, all those backing Ryan players, you're on cool. tour. It's pop. Like, come on, just yeah. calm down. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, the, the, the hip-hop dances And then the dances in. come out. <laughs> and we're like, oh. We're like, oh, yeah. no. Oh, no, no, no. Maybe. I, I wanted to start a fire. Um, on that stage, that's their song. We could start a fire. I wanted to start. Oh, one. I thought you were um, making Billy Joel reference. He's a piano man, you see. Oh, I get that. Oh, I see. Tell me more. Um, <laughs> anyway, so basically, he's doing this job, but it pays thousand dollars a week plus like a share of profits. I'm like, yeah. excellent, excellent job. <laughs> um, and he's you know not particularly but happy also, about it, but he's but doing also, it to save up so that he can start his jazz be, club. Like the intangibles of that job as well. Industry cred. Yeah. Connections. Networking, yeah. like you know, it's very popular. It's a lot. That crowd yeah. is like going wild. And also, stable income, like. residual money from the album. Yeah, like and merch, come on, like come yeah. On, um, it's so a cash cow. He's got this whole thing, but he's come back. He's got a night off, and so he comes back home to surprise Emma with a nice dinner. Um, and so Mia, Emma's Mia. character, <laughs> has um, sorry, Emma Mia, Emma Mia. <laughs> so Mia comes back from her rehearsals for her solo play. Um, and they are having the nice dinner together, and then they have yeah, this her argument. So, her solo play. Her solo play. So, so long, long Boulder, Boulder City. City. Um, yeah, which apparently she is working with, like, just to, for people that aren't in the theatre industry, um, generally when you have a one-man show or a solo show, as we like to call them in the non-gendered form, uh, that does not mean that there's just one person that works on the show. You are not working show. on it solo. Generally, there is, you know, you might have a director. You might not have a director. You might be directing yourself, but you will definitely have, like, a lighting designer and operator, the person oh. that does that, because they can't do that at the same time as you. You might have, like, other designers, like set or sound, or have probably producer. have a stage manager yeah. or a producer. Mm. You generally don't just do it by yourself. But Damien Chazelle does not know this, and so <laughs> this is, like, Emma is just by herself, working in her apartment, rehearsing this play. Or they just couldn't um, be fucked with other characters. There yeah. are so few characters on the ground. It's true. There are very few characters oh, in this film. Yeah. Do you um, remember he has a sister? Oh, yeah. Do you remember she comes f- in and out. Emma Stone's flatmates? Like, yeah. One anyway, scene. Yeah. They one of them could have been the lighting designer. That'd be yeah. cute. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, so she is, he says, come and, uh, come, go, come and visit me in Boise, where it's our next spot on the tour. And mm. she's like, oh, no, I'm about two weeks from the show. She's like, are you just gonna, you're just going to keep going? on this tour when are you going to be done with this and he's like I don't know it's like we haven't done the album like it's going to be probably another yeah. year or so and she's like you've given up on your dreams and we're sitting here going if he 
But if if he does this, he's going to earn so much money from this yeah. tour. But yeah. then he's going to be able to pay for the jazz club. And so sh- her and motivation also, for saying also, that. He's going to be able to support you. He's going to support you. And also, you're two weeks from the show, which is a one-night-only show. So once you're done in two weeks' time, you, you can, can come go and visit him. Visit him. Yeah. Like, but that's the thing. Like the, the thing that you can gain from him being on tour as well, not just financially, but again, as I've said, connections, connections. Yeah. networking. Yeah. Like... Your name will be like, you know, maybe not in the pool, but and like, if you're going there. to visit him, you can be like, okay, I'm going to do so long Boulder City, but I'm going to do it in, you know, we're going to do it in Boise. It's an easy touring strategy. Yeah, it's apparently a very easy tourable show, and it's yeah. weird because he did it for her. Yeah, like he saw the moldy patch of <laughs> of, <laughs> of her like, ceiling of her ceiling, and he was like. Oh, I have to sell out because yeah, I've got to support her yeah. dreams. Yeah, I, so I want to support this woman. Her Which, whole motivation to like have this argument as she goes to one of his concerts that we were talking about before, and, and he looks sad like, and mopey as he like has yeah, to press a couple of keys. He's clearly not into it. He's not into the. But the he's band. still doing the damn job. And it's like I'm sorry, but this is what it is being a working artist. You don't get to yeah. do the work you love yeah. all the time. And I think he realized that. <laughs> and, yeah, he literally explains that and yeah. says like. Look, like so this look- is my income. This is like and, what yeah. I'm doing right now. And, watch then, this, and I feel like the film wants us to be on 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 Mia's side, and we're just like this. Her argument makes for, no for this scene, absolutely not during this. Um, scene. And also, like you know, you 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 do one for the industry, and you have enough money to do some for, for you. Yourself. That's literally how Crispin Glover <laughs> yeah. does his films. He does like one big film, and then he goes off and makes his own little films this that he like distributes around. This is yeah. probably how Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone do their films. Yeah, oh, I, I imagine know. that's how everyone does their films. But like, oh, you've got to look into the life of Crispin Glover. He has like this mansion and stuff. Anyway, yeah. tangent. Um, yeah. So anyway, this is a particular scene that is annoying. Yeah, so that it it's it's so easily res- like the thing about it is that like fine this is like d- the dramatic climax of the film mm. but I'm just like it's so easily resolvable. Yeah. yeah. Like and you don't buy it. Like, literally like yeah. who wrote this film? Like, <laughs> I think yeah, then the second big conflict is that he is caught has to go to a photo shoot in which a great scene with the photographer who a is great scene. hilarious yeah. like British Some actor that's being just like, yeah, like make manages to make so, Ryan oh, Gosling yeah. look can, the most um, disgusting he's ever looked. Just put your lip and just uh, put your glasses down. Well, also great, very, like, a great comedic scene for Ryan. Very good. Very yeah. he shone um, through. So during this process, she's doing her show, and he of course okay. does not make the show. It's and then we were like, okay, this definitely, is worth an This is where you have a big blow up. But also, like, it's your one. Like it's your partner's one woman show. Yeah. Um. Book the night off. Tell your band and invite them. Invite them to the show. Yeah. It's one night only. Be like, they would be more than happy to see Mia, and they can reschedule. And John Legend would have put the the photo shoot another night. Ryan Gosling probably glimpsed on her like handwritten notes because we see a shot earlier in the film where she's writing out her script and she writes holy hell <laughs> and he was like i'm out he's like oh but that is, that i is mean i don't know like, he was very mesmerized by the whole play yeah he she that's performed right. it for him and, and he, he was, was like, like genius this is the best play and ever and i thought out. that was that's very sweet. cute that because that's what people stuff. that don't know about theater would yeah. say when you do a play for them um i will say though that there's another scene which stayed with me very cringingly from the first viewing mm. was after Mia <laughs> performs and she sees that there is no one in the crowd. Um, His sister was in the crowd though. Rosemary yeah, and Dora her flatmates came. Really nice. She goes back to her dressing room, she cries, and then we hear the, the boys on the other side. Yeah, some guys that were in like, the audience. She wasn't even good. <laughs> like, Don't quit your day job. Like, oh, yeah. 
unnecessary. Yeah. Okay, like, we got it. We got we, it. We got it. <laughs> Gilding the lily. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. What? <sighs> Our other bananas of this film. We talked about the vocal performances. Yes. Already. I just, yeah, I just feel like they're not bad, but they don't really uh, support the style of music. Yeah. Oh. That's my whole thing with them. I guess what we were talking about with breakups and like uh these kind of fights yeah. is so like where the film kind of ends up with their like final breakup is uh they obviously have a fight <laughs> she goes home and then he's like oh there's this huge audition that he somehow got called by the agent who came and saw the show yes. why that agent has there are so many sebastian's like, number logic leaps and yeah. like holes and you're just like it's fine it's just silly. Yeah. they yeah, flew well, in the sky i don't know she goes to the audition nails it that seemed really hit me when I watched it the first time. Didn't really hit me this time the, around. The song audition. The yeah. song audition. I, that was not I, even when I saw it. I was like, at the first time, I, I was like, like ah. I like the stylistic touches where I everything like goes black. And I think it's yeah. fine. I, I think like it. it feels like a, we needed to put a song here. Yeah. But it's, a, song. it's the big dramatic song. That's yeah. not city. I feel like as her a, Oscar. I'm a I am a con, does, I'm a connoisseur of eleven o'clock numbers. Yeah. And I it doesn't quite have that eleven o'clock number source. It's the movie equivalent of the seven o'clock of the yeah it's the seven o'clock number number. it seems you start the film at you know 5 30 super memorable i just like it because it reminds me of the rainbow connection a superior song it's true i would yeah but after that the fools who dream after that they are sitting out in their observatory um pew seat yeah in carter observatory yeah (laughs) as we called it Um, during the the griffith observatory and uh they are like got to break up yeah and you're like why <laughs> no yeah. that's i mean we do like i mean it's nice it's not uh it's a refreshing it's stylistic well touch acted. that they're, they're not it's not a big together. fight it is it's just, just like, like a, oh, yeah um, and it's like you gotta chase your dream and i want to create this club and it's like why aren't the why can't those why be those mutually not yeah why yeah that's the thing it's like they have really good chemistry like yeah. all they need to fix now like seemingly that they're you know it's um, 2016. You can do long distance real yeah, easy. Absolutely. Like, but they're also like, they're on the same page now, like emotionally. Yeah. They know what the other one wants. Why couldn't they resolve their issues? Yeah. Like, they seem to be like well-suited personally and like goal, like yeah. with, with their goals, like where they're going, they're going to be in the same city. It like, feels like Damien Chazelle had this concept for, I want to do this story about these people who want to be artists and it's about how their relationship allows them to succeed yeah. in their careers, but they needed to sort of come together and then part ways in order for that to happen. But he hasn't actually written that because no, what he's written, yeah. it, there's nothing that's incompatible. No, it doesn't make sense. There needs to be like more of a financial yeah. pull of like, I'm going to be touring on the road all the time there, or something like there, that. There like, has yeah. to be a thing. Like it doesn't even have to be that. That could be definitely be an example, but like, a thing that makes them fundamentally like yeah. un um uncompatible yeah. for each other, like unsuited for each other. Because as it is, they seem to get each other. So and especially seeing Emma Stone's partners in the film, first Greg, Greg. Who, he, who she dumps, um, played by Finn Wattrock, who is in the American Horse Crime series saga. Um he was whatever. Yeah. And later her and then husband other husband who, who is like, just like not worthy of Emma no. Stone. Get you a good suffer fox, Emma. And I think yeah. the best kind of rom-coms, it's like this kind of will they, won't they, of like, are these energies going to like yeah. fit together? Like it, if, when Harry met Sally, you're like, well, these are, they like, they're fire, but then also like, they like fucking clash. Yeah. And like, it feels is it going like, to work? Yeah. Whereas this, they kind of match 
pretty early on, except for like when he like yeah. beeps her in the car. When it she's feels like lines. their like, their tensions are very artificially put in yeah, there. It was yeah. written because they needed yeah. to have a tension, as yeah. opposed to because like we're just like this is so resolvable. <laughs> this mm. is not really a yeah, issue. and they're perfect for each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's a thing that's like, I'm like, theoretically, I, I really love that because I love the dream ballet so much. Oh, I like yeah. that whole yeah, sequence absolutely. is just gorgeous. And I think that the, um, yeah, the whole sort of concept of here is this moment where you go like, oh, here's what might have been. But if we had stayed together, then I wouldn't have been an actress and he wouldn't have like yeah. opened this club. And I'm like, I'd see no reason yeah, why no. you wouldn't have. And it's so funny because like, you know, he's, it's still there. Like yeah. he names the club Sibs, which is a much like inferior name to his actual suggestion chicken, chicken on, on a stick. stick um but i don't know like it just yeah i like the yeah. idea of it i like the idea of the poetry um but it feels like they that this, this came but, up in the but, writers yeah room. but, like, yeah, but getting there this and it was like i don't know i'll, I'll work it out because yeah, they're good yeah. enough actors to sell it but yeah the writing it's not supported yeah. by the writing there isn't a logic to yeah. that um, um and i kind of you mentioned the dream sequence and i don't think we fully gave it enough of yeah. of Oh, um, do you mean the, space. the observatory the dream, sequence or the no, dream, the dream ballet? Ma- but like oh, those yeah. poetic moments, yes. both of those, like the dream, the, the first dance in the Carter Observatory, which is a metaphor for fucking. They said Carter Observatory. They the house down. <laughs> Matt only knows one observatory. It's, and it's group, right here and it's so in the Botanic Gardens of Wellington. Because I have been to the Carter <laughs> Observatory as well. So um, kind of, uh, observatory from Rebel Without a Call. Yeah. yeah. Which they famously see They famously the filmed in Wellington here in the Botanic yeah, Gardens. God. Anyway, yeah. James um, Dean yeah, so I mean, to, to be fair, maybe that movie is a metaphor for both of them because they are rebels without a cause mm. to be together. <laughs> like, to not be together. To not be together. But the, the dream ballet is like so oh, glorious and it goes beautiful. on, like it gives it its weight. Like, Well, a dream ballet should take a little bit of time. You yeah. Know? Like yeah. it should have like a yeah, and sort it's, of full story arc that's told through dance. Well, yeah. I like it because like it's a beautiful callback to those MGM musicals, yeah. the full-fledged ones. Oh, the big like, American yeah. in Paris dream so, ballet, yeah. the singing in the, the rain, rain dream ballet. Yeah. Oh. oh, so beautiful. But it also stands on its own. It looks modern. Yeah. But it, it, it reaches a level of poeticism that's not... Like, I mean, it's a different kind of poeticism from those ones. There is this sequence where they cut to, like, the audition scene yeah. and, like, a little, like... It's a like black a little, and white like, silhouette, yeah, like a like a, a picture box kind of, yeah, movie, like a doll's which is house lovely. Or but that's um, so lovely. Yeah, um, and also shout out to the choreographer Mandy Moore, pop star actress. No, actually, that's a different Mandy. It's <laughs> like it's surely a different, a different one. <laughs> that's a different Mandy. No, yeah, um, the other Mandy is a choreographer from. I best I know her from So You Think You Can Dance, but I'm sure nice. she does other things as well, nice. like La La Land. Um, um, yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. It's the thing. It's like it, it convinces us that the central conflict of the story exists, even though it doesn't. Mm. Mm. Um, and honestly, God, her husband is such a drip. Like honestly, if yeah. if you would give her a better husband, yeah, yeah, of like. Yeah, because she becomes this like superstar. Imagine right? if she married John Legend. Oh my god! What a what a betrayal! <laughs> oh, what a betrayal! <laughs> you just reminded me of another bottle. So in that dream ballet, like we get, it's like a recap. Is it of a events. bottle? 
where um oh wait bottles are good bottles yes are good. oh my god john legend comes <laughs> so good john legend comes up to the table <laughs> of so emma stone good. and uh ryan gosling and they're like hey do you want to do you want to do this thing and then they're like, like no and he's like bye and he yep. just like flips out he just uh moves away there's another sequence like that oh it's jk simmons, simmons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we have not, not mentioned it all but yeah. he plays ryan gosling's mean boss at the piano bar who only wants him to play like christmas holiday jingle really things. fun paycheck role um, for him which like, you know he yeah. clearly had fun there you yeah. know some this is post whiplash right so yeah, yeah, they, yeah. You know, they were friends and um, it looks like he's being stern in the doorway not letting them pass through and then he's like hmm okay and does like this very like big kind of yeah. dance acting moment and everyone's clicking in the room you and know, he clicks click, along click, too click his his clicking would have made baby james kane blush you know? oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. clicking and, good. and that's one for the readers to find out it's a real deep cut you really <laughs> need to one search the internet Google. for that one yeah um yeah so any other things that we want to talk about as interesting or as bananas? No, or I think as... we're good to go to our final verdict. I feel like I want to, I do want to talk about, um, yeah, I guess like the jazz question. Of oh. oh yeah. That's what I was like. Sure. I, there was definitely really one, per- the one thing that I, in the room. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't love the jazz thing being no. like that. I, I feel like, yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> also, Cass, you don't love the jazz I don't like thing. Jazz. It's so funny. Because she was, she was like, I don't love jazz. And but, he stops in his tracks. Yeah, but also, like, she literally got attracted to him. Because, because he was playing this jazz, jazz. piano yeah. in the bar. Anyway, so, yeah. It's this, uh, the thing where I think, yeah, Ryan Gosling knows what type of character he's playing mm. with the kind yeah. of jazz asshole. But the script, I don't think, yep. no. realises that he's... There's a tension between those two. Yeah, and there Ryan is a bit is of a tension there where I think possible. he's kind of playing it being like, yeah, I know that I'm kind of this, like, a, yeah. an obnoxious jazz nerd. And the script has a little bit of self-awareness to that, but it's still, fundamentally, it's sort of thought... It's like, kind like, of glo- putting this like, purist yeah, on a pedestal. it's like jazz purism is great. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, because, like... Because ultimately, at the end of the film, like, his his bar sense is about, like, yeah, like Old school, celebrating like, you know, we have the stool jazz. whoever was Miles, Miles Davis, Davis sat on the stool, yeah. <laughs> and so it's now on this special plinth that we've got yeah. where no one can, you know, stand there. And, like, um... Yeah, the, the the thing is, like, John Legend's song, despite the presentation of that song and that sequence, is, like, pretty fun. Like, it's, like, not a bad, like, yeah. song. And a line that is given to John Legend's character is, like, jazz is also, jazz is the past, but also it needs to be about the future as well. Yeah, like, he, and his, all his points are very salient. It's like, yeah, you uh, can't just, like, try to revive jazz by just sticking to the same old things. You're supposed to, and I feel like that's one of the things that the, film is missing is like yeah. a payoff to that yeah it's that it kind of just is like that was fine he just got enough money over this jazz club and it was great yeah he doesn't really learn anything yeah he doesn't really learn anything in that regard and i feel like that's why he's the love interest and and, and me as the main character mm. is because she learns and she changes and grows she learns to believe in herself <laughs> yeah you know and she learns to I like just, think. Um, whereas he's like he stays the same the entire way through yeah yeah he's when, very consistent one thing yeah. that popped into my brain when i was talking about mvp was i was just describing emma stone as like bubbly and charming and mm. stuff do you feel like she's a full enough character i mean this? i don't think either of them are yeah. super interesting no. characters yeah, i would say that she's more she feels more well-rounded than he does yeah he's more of a cipher <laughs> he's mm. more like a type yeah um and like an and attractive those, version of that type and he's very charming but i mean those types well yeah you know. i feel like she's also a type but we get more of a sense of her like internal conflict with like having been this is i think it's a pretty like um 
em- empathizable thing of like I've always seen myself as the actor one, as the mm. drama one, as the the film yeah. person. And what if that's not who I am? And what if myself? Yeah, yeah. and I thought her scene outside her house in the car, like before her big audition scene, of like, what if I'm just not oh, good she enough? She does the dramatic. She does very well. Like, yeah. That's that's I, that was the Oscar moment for I me, where when, I was like, when, oh, I love when when Emma pulls her, her drama chops and, and her voice gets lower. This does remind me of a film that came out quite, uh, <coughs> I think, the year before or like earlier that year, which is Don't Think Twice, which I always oh, yes. appreciate. Oh, yes, the improv, really great, yes. Like, it's a really good film about improv, oh. um, which is, yeah, is about film. like a much more like realistic take of like, mm. sometimes you're not going to make it. Like, well, not yeah. everybody's going to get famous. And yeah. it is like a much more, if you're so if you're interested in that type of more thing, grounded, I would recommend that, so, yeah. that, that film to look at like, you know, how do you lead a fulfilling life and after also, the point where you're like, I always thought I would become famous. Turns out I'm not going to be. And also how people change when they do become famous. Yeah. 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 Talking um, of Keegan-Michael Key. Uh, he's very well cast prom. in that, yeah. that like, film. That's probably his best role. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, how the fuck was Mia cast when like this casting agent saw her flop one woman show yeah i mean maybe Honestly. maybe she was good in the one woman show we don't actually yeah. know if she was good or bad yeah. we just know that it's his holy hell at one point it's yeah. called goodbye I mean, city and it, those two guys that left hated it we see a second of it like where she like she clicks quietly turns out the light like yeah. looks to the audience turns out the light i'm like that looks pretty, yeah. pretty bad in paris <laughs> yeah but I'm like, who among us has not gone very, to a show that was otherwise very bad, but had like yeah, one particularly good yeah. performance in it? You know, sure. like sometimes you do. Yeah. Sure, it's what it's what your talent scouts are for. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, anything can happen in La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> is it about time to wrap up? Yeah. yeah. I so. <laughs> okay. I mean, because this is the last episode of the year. Um, I think we should do Bag and Biff. But also, what is our favorite piece of culture that we've consumed this year? Oh, that's oh. such a big one. Oh, my God. Um, I don't even remember what I've consumed this year. absolute bag yeah, the, of 2020. The absolute bag. We might have to pause this for a bit <laughs> well, and come back to it. Yeah. Well, I think. well, let's go through um, the bag, bag and Biff, biff beforehand. Bag or Biff. I'll go first. Uh, so this was an absolute delight. Um it's just really charming like it's just a really well-made film and i think the thing that has that would have really cursed it and i don't know if it's genuinely like viewed a lot but if this had really won best picture if it actually had like we thought for a couple of seconds um yeah then i think it would have gotten been damned with that kind of just like fuck that movie oh my god that beat up moonlight that sucks and then Mm. it would have been cast into the fiery abyss of of movie hell as it stands now i think it's kind of like a, a weird novelty of like oh yeah we all kind of enjoyed that is that any good and i'd encourage you like it's not the best film of that year by any means uh but it's really skillful in what it does and i think the two leads are really strong and i think the production design and the direction is really great damon chazelle like is a really great director who is like still putting out great work. I didn't see First Man, but I really loved Whiplash though. Um, and, I remember uh, I gave you my f- free tickets for Whiplash. Oh, oh, is that why we saw Whiplash yeah. together? Crazy. Nice. I already had seen it right. and I loved it. And then I won free tickets. Thank you, Simon. Well, Howard. good film. That's Thank right. you very much, yeah. Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we saw it in the worst conditions in the um, in the oh, Vogue yeah, suite. Oh yeah, the Vogue suite. Oh, we also saw Jackie suite. there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, in the Vogue as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was a that's a bag uh, from me. Um, highly recommended going back and revisiting it. There are iffy bits. It doesn't even feel that long, actually. It's not too oh, long. No, it doesn't feel long. It was like just, just over two hours, and yeah. I was like, yeah. "Well, that felt shorter than I thought it was." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's no prom. <laughs> prom, prom, prom. Ain't no prom. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. Okay. Um, I think we're all, I feel like we're, I've speak for the rest of us as well, though. I, this is also a bag from me. Um, I feel like I like this when I saw it. Um, I felt like, yeah, I, I totally agree with James here and that I think that not winning best picture was the best thing oh. that could have happened to La La Land because oh. it stopped being, there was a point where, because people thought it was the front runner and it sort of felt like this kind of it felt like a juggernaut yeah it yeah. felt like a very, it felt reactionary in yeah. that the, well, because of the jazz element to it it, it also because uh, it's got two white leads yeah. because it has this sort of like hearkening back to the old days well the thing about it as well it. It, it got the most nominations like it tied the record for most nominations yeah. in history so it was I, like, I think people were resentful un, because they felt like yeah. it was like unworthy of all those nominations yeah. and that it was the surefire winner and that it yeah, it didn't deserve to be there and that it represented all these things that are to do with, you know, like regressiveness and blah, blah, blah. Um, And I think that, yeah, the the fact that we can now strip away all of that context of where it was in 2016 and just watch it as a film, I think is so much better for it as a film because even though we have many problems with it, particularly around the resolution, um, it's like there's so many beautiful, really soaring moments in this piece. There's some lovely music. There's some great, like, the scoring and design. The performance is really charming. And it's just, like, a very sweet, quite, like, little film that is yeah. an homage to these earlier styles of MGM musical. Um, and it's, yeah, I, I think it, should, it deserves to be seen on that level. And I think the fact that it, it became to, began to stand for something that I don't think it ever intended to uh, really did it a disservice. So it's it's really awesome that we can revisit it in 2020 and go like mm. this is just a sweet little musical it's quite it's got some good good tunes mm. yeah yeah. So yeah it's a bag from me well it's funny because like i mean going into this the diminishing returns of those mm. middle sections of the film the scenes that we talked about yeah they were just like clouding my mind so much that i was mm. like i was sure going into to this i was like i was ready i was ready for my i was like blah ready blah bland blah <laughs> la lame i was ready the out knives were blood. the knives were out i was like Ooh. in my head i was like this is damon chazelle's worst film i loved whiplash and i loved the first man which you know not a lot of people loved but I also love space, and I thought it was a great film about grief. Um, I don't know if it still it still might be my least favorite film from him, just because of those He's middle sections. He's got one sections. more, which I think none of us have seen, that was pre-Whiplash. Oh, sure, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, you know, very charming. I definitely, as I was watching this, I exclaimed out loud, I hate that I'm enjoying this so much. <laughs> um, Multiple times. Yeah, quite. But, you know, the leads won me over. The filmmaking won me over. What a talent. Um, and I'm I'm looking forward to what he does next. And um, he's doing Babylon next, which is a huge epic. Like, like the talent? Like, no, what? like... Like, 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 like remaking the DW Griff? No. It's, it's like Babylon? based in the... It's like set in the 1920s and it's like mm. lavish oh. emma stone was supposed to be in it but she dropped out she was gonna play claire both the original it girl oh she's got a great 1920s face i know but stone. she's been replaced by margot robbie which not sure mm. sure and you tell the joy Maybe. should have swooped in yeah i know right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah i was gonna say they should play sisters oh yeah Pod I'd faves. Say that. um but yeah 
it's a bubba bag for me. <laughs> um, that was it. Charmed me, despite the really bad scenes. <laughs> oh, she's not even that good. Like, <laughs> Don't quit your day job. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, so we pause for discussion come. and we're back. Yeah, um, the committee has um, reconvened. Reconvened. Uh, to talk about some of our ultimate bags and ultimate biffs for 2020. Um, yeah. So this is just generally across all of pop corner. Um, it's been a tough year. Culture. We've consumed a lot of Indeed. culture. Um, so I've got two things I want to present for my ultimate bags of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is I would like to present the uh, mini musical, uh, which is maintained contained within one podcast episode, uh, Prime, a Practical Breviary by Heather Christian. Um, it is like one of my favorite new musicals. I like... Generally, my podcast app on my phone is set up so that it automatically deletes every episode after I've watched it, mm-hmm. after I've listened mm-hmm. to it, sorry. So I've got it to the end where it's the halfway through the credits and it's just paused <laughs> Pause. there. And so that I can rewind yeah, yeah. it and listen to the whole musical again whenever I get a chance. It is just like gorgeous. It's on Playwrights Horizon's soundstage um, right. feed. And I would just recommend it uh, to everybody, but particularly people that really love uh, 21st century musical theatre. It is just a beautiful um life affirming and it's really a good way to just get started for the day it's a sort of a secular prayer cycle that's made for uh the beginning of the morning when you're getting up and facing whatever is to come on that day mm. Um, mm. my second thing uh, i've talked about already on this podcast at certain point uh is 20 zero 20 <laughs> uh 20 or however yeah. you say it which is digital storytelling by john boyce and secret bass uh it is like just an incredible sports-based story about uh, speculative oh, fiction in the future. She's a jock. <laughs> uh, and it is, it's great for people that don't like sports or understand sports. You will cry about two people uh, mm. that are represented by X's on a screen coming close together holding a football. Um, and that's all I can say about it. Read all of John Boyce's stuff on Secret Base. It's so good. Yeah. That's my things. And do you have an ultimate biff? I do not have an ultimate biff yet. I'm going to wrap my brains as you guys think of other things and present your stuff. Mm, Nice. Awesome. I'll go next. Um, So I have similarly two ultimate bags. Um, uh, The first of which would be... um, uh, The first would be the the creation of... Uh, our podcast apocalypse songs um i think it was just really wonderful seeing fun time yeah like a really incredible script uh well one getting funding and to be able to like pay people and then like turning this incredible script into something that like um was fully uh lived up to like the the image of what i wanted for uh the the podcast in my head like um with like a wonderful um group of 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 cast and crew um being able to like realize it um and especially the sound side of things with with um patrick and maxwell like creating this like very full oral world um which i'm yeah really really proud of and People from all around the world have been enjoying it, so I'm super stoked with how that came out. Mm. Uh, my other ultimate bag would be um, going to the cinemas for the first time um, after our first lockdown, um, which was... Oh, that was fun. Yeah. Tenet? Uh, it wasn't Tenet. <laughs> no? Uh, no, I went oh, and saw see? The Invisible Man by myself. That's right. Yeah, we saw Tenet. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was real sweet, and I was really... 
nervous about going out because it was a couple of days post like us being allowed to like go back to kind of cinemas and everyone's very worried around like environments and mm. if COVID would still be lingering. Um, and it was, Penthouse was utterly abandoned. Um, huh? <laughs> I, I, okay. that's on the cards. Um, yeah. uh, the, the penthouse was utterly abandoned and, uh, except for, you know, a couple of staff and then going in and uh, just watching this, like, really great, like, super amazing horror film just by myself. I think I was the... Oh, no, not just the only one in the cinema. There were, like, two other people that wandered in right at the very end. And it was just great to be in that in that place. And um, cinemas still need, like, your love and support. Um, and so if you are in a place to be able to go to cinema safely, which some areas of the world are not, but if you can, please support them because, like, it is going to be more those venues are going to be more under threat. Um, so yeah, support your local cinema. And my ultimate biff, uh, I was going to save this till last, but um, is it's the coronavirus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd like to, to bin um, that, that big old thing that came along on March uh, 2020. Well, a well, little bit before March, but uh, really hit us mm. in Aotearoa then. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it it's a hot take, but um, I think the You've pandemic is first, bad guys james is anti-covid-19 wow. yeah yeah the bravery wow. a strong stuff. i love it it's come yeah. out strongly again I, you know I'm what james i i stand with you yeah thank you let us stand statement. together united yeah. against yeah. coronavirus <laughs> yeah i think it's a it's a really great um podium to yeah. <laughs> the super popular podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um cool uh, I guess it's my turn. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, okay, so I guess my favorite culture of the year, I think I want to offer up a musical selection, not a musical. Um, it's music. Um, I was considering Taylor Swift because she did turn me around into a fan, not quite a Swifty just yet, because Folklore and Evermore are really good albums. But I think the person who... I really connected to this year is a little Albanian lady from Britain called Dua Lipa. Um, and, and her album, Future Nostalgia. <laughs> because I used to make fun of her all the time because of her name. <laughs> you, so, you got her, like, nationality wrong. I did. I said she was sweet. <laughs> yeah. but, but it has been corrected now. No, I just, like... In a world where it was just, you know, like, I think, you know, Taylor gave me uh, the the feels for, like, you know, isolation and stuff like that. And Ariana gave me, like, you know, the, the sexiness. It was Dua Lipa who gave me the joy and the the drive to keep on dancing and, and living and um, just celebrating life. Uh, and the other the bag that I, I want to celebrate this year is uh, TikTok because it's fucking silly. And I think this year, more than ever, I need I needed a, a great silly distraction from the apocalypse that we were living in Whoa. and are yeah. and maybe uh, will be in the future. And, no, uh, I believe that uh, on 31st of December 2020, it's just going to oh, take sure, over yeah. everything's all G after and that, I, actually. I, I was going to cite uh, 
you know, James Corden and the prom, <laughs> specifically James as as my biff of Ultimate the year. Ultimate biff. <laughs> but I, uh, I think, I think it's uh, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye, J.K. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cass, how oh, about you? Oh, God, I didn't, I just don't have an ultimate biff. There's just a lot of small biffs, you know? J.D. Vance. Like, oh, my God. Like, a biff of the year. Yeah. James Corden's performance is also, <laughs> like, I mean, we just biffed him in Cats 2019, and oh. now we're biffing him straight back. <laughs> he, he crawled back in, Look, and we've got to biff him you again. You know what? In the prom. Brave statement. <laughs> Josh Gad over James Corden. And that's coming from me. That's coming from noted Josh Gad hater, Matt. Yeah, from Josh Bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's us uh, for 2020. Where can we find the pod? uh, You can find us on Mixbag Podcast, on Twitter, Mixbag Pod on Instagram, and Mixbag Podcast on Facebook. You can also email us at mixbagcontact at gmail.com um, and the way people find out about us is about tweeting about the show and or, or posting about it so if you do want to put a shout out out there or give us a review on Apple Podcasts or um, Podchaser. Podchaser please do um, I'd also like to say thanks to you the listener for listening along oh, thank you say us. <laughs> uh, well I do want to say that as well because it's been a wonderful it's been a fun year. It's been a wonderful year, and we've been doing this now for... A couple of years now. Three? Two. 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 Okay, okay. Let's not go crazy. (laughs) Um, We definitely did... There was a stretch where we were doing weekly episodes. Yeah. I know. Well, we were in lockdown. We had nothing else to do. (laughs) And it's been... I, I feel like I've seen films that i never would have seen absolutely otherwise. oh yeah if it yeah. weren't for this podcast i don't know how i feel about that no it's, i feel pretty it's good. fun i honestly there are films that i never would have touched <laughs> or revisited still murder mystery on netflix i know quite oh. a good time yeah. surprisingly not bad but thank you for listening thank you for you know keep it subscribing even though you don't listen some of you you know who you are yeah but um we treasure you and on to the next year Treasure each other. You like those flicks? Come get your fix in a podcast called Mixed Bag.